Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Trapper, Mike Palmer along with you. And on today's episode, we're revisiting a topic we've talked about last year, the quantified self, but through a new lens, baseball. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball, about a new book called The MVP Machine, and so much more. But first and foremost, always like to check in. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's, uh, it's fall. You know, it's like a little bit fall-like uh, because it's almost fall. Like it's right. uh, fall. And when I think fall, it's like baseball is wrapping up, uh, winding down and also winding up. Uh, and uh, and it's, a fun, it's a fun time of year. And, uh, and then the being quantified about baseball is a pretty fundamental thing. Like a lot of the uh, real focus on numbers and percentages and ratios, all those things uh, is very central to baseball, probably more so than any sport. So that's why, like, you know, even in fantasy baseball, like rotisserie baseball is a lot of how fantasy sports emerged. So um, it's a really relevant um, domain to understand what's going on in. And then people get very scientific about those numbers. And then what was really interesting about this is that some of those people are actually the players uh, themselves. So, uh, and we want to make sure we credit all the people involved in the different ways we got turned on to this because this is, uh, the book sounds really interesting. The HBR article was great. Um, and uh, it's a topic hopefully we'll be able to uh, drill in maybe a little more deeply, um, uh, you know, open invitation to the authors of the, uh, this book to, for us to uh, do a follow-up with them because uh, it does really sound like a, something I, I would certainly be interested in going deeper into. And that HBR article is by Michael Schrag. So he has a, a number of great articles. It looks like he's an MIT fellow who writes for HBR from time to time. Uh, great stuff uh, out of him. Then you have the two authors of this book and the full title, The MVP Machine, How Baseball's New Nonconformists Are Using Data to Build Better Players. That's by Ben Lindbergh and Travis Sawchick. And I'll point out that uh, the author, uh, Mr. Schrag, of, of this article referred to them as sports nerd journalists. So right. that maybe gives you some context around uh, who they are. Mike, I think you put it great uh, at the top that baseball is a sport that has been based on statistics since its beginning, uh, counting stats, the ERAs, the, the batting yeah. averages of the world. And now over the past 20, 25 years, sabermetrics, advanced analytics have burst onto the scene and really become part of the storyline. There's a little push and pull, a little tension between people who believe in those old counting stats versus maybe the sabermetrics. But we're not going to get into that too much here. We want to talk about the quantified self, the idea of using these numbers to make a better athlete. And the person they talk about mainly in the book and in this article is Trevor Bauer, who's now a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. He was on the uh, Cleveland Indians when this story was written. And he talks about the idea of he's not the best athlete. He wouldn't have been picked third overall in the major league draft if he hadn't assessed himself, hadn't looked at his numbers and seen how to apply that data to himself, to grow himself, to be better. You've talked about this in the past, the quantified self, saber learning. What spoke to you in this article around Bauer, around the general premise that uh, the authors of this book put forward? Uh, these uh, sport nerd journalists? Exactly right. Uh, yeah, I'll take, a, I'll take any those three words in any order, uh, and uh, I'll probably uh, be, uh, be closely associated to all three categories. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like the, it's in the Harvard Business Review, so I think it's the, uh, analogizing this to more like a professional uh, career and how like 
you know, effectively that is skills-based and the people who will excel and sort of thrive are the ones who are constantly measuring themselves and constantly uh, taking that feedback as sort of a perf an input for improving future performance, you know, like just that virtuous cycle of understanding how am I doing and when I tweak or experiment in these ways, do I do better or worse? Um, I, I think that that's the thing that really resonated uh, with me because like to me that then becomes growth mindset, performance uh, psychology, you know, like if you, if you assume that you can get good metrics that actually capture what you're looking for, once, once a competitive human who's trying to get better understands some set of numeric outputs, they can train themselves to produce better output. Right. And like, you know, occasionally you'll have performance dips when you're trying new things and they fail. But, um, but it's really interesting, I think, to think of it from that perspective. Uh, and then that opens up some questions around, um, you know, the, the value of being a nonconformist too, which was the other thing that I thought was, uh, was also interesting here, is that, um, you know, the idea is some of these organizations are actually trying to assess how much will this employee, this baseball player, like self-regulate and force themselves to continue to get better. You know, like if you build that into a selection criteria, like, you know, that's where I really uh, appreciated the idea of rather than Moneyball, which is the old model, which is about acquiring talent in a way that is more quantitatively smart and maybe against the historical eye tests of the scouts and stuff. I think this is now more uh, better ball versus in some ways money ball where it's, it's less about acquiring the talent because the talent is unlikely to play the way they do when they're first drafted. You right. know, so you're drafting a baseball player, you know, they're 18, 19, 20 years old. You don't, you don't really know exactly where they're going to be. They say in like three to five years, different players mature at different rates. But like one of the things to look for are some of these attributes around, you know, continuing to monitor themselves, continuing to aspire to better performance. And then um, almost like a, an experimental orientation to your own um, ability to perform. So like taking some risks to try um, like non-conventional methods, you know, the whole non-conformist thing, I think is the other uh, component to it. But, um, but yeah, definitely uh, excited my imagination. And then it's uh it's September, so like we needed a reason to talk about uh, talk about baseball. Absolutely, and uh, this does go into the HBR article is is in depth, and uh, we will share it on on Twitter and on Facebook to make sure everybody has access to, it and hopefully can talk LinkedIn. to you. LinkedIn, LinkedIn as well. We'll LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, we're very active on the LinkedIn. You know that. That, that is true. You should follow trending and education over on LinkedIn. Uh, we are active over there as well as is Mike and, and myself of late. It talks about six different categories really it breaks down in the article to bullet points and, and we can talk about them individually or as a whole you already broke down a lot of it to be honest it talks about winners are data driven um that they are going to look at the data and let it drive their decision making gut feelings aren't data quality data deserve deference a personal experience does not so there's a difference here between maybe some old baseball purists who would say that a manager should you know, not care about matchups, should go with his gut and, and go with the hot hand or whatever it may be. This is pushing for data. In schooling, in education, and in work, it feels like we're leaning this way as well, right? It's, it's not necessarily, well, I think this works. 
It's let's prove this works. Let's prove this approach works. Let's make sure our students are learning this way by figuring out the metrics we want to test them on. And let's continue to iterate and be data driven rather than trying to just guess as what, what's going to work. Would you agree with that? Uh, to, to some extent. I mean, I think it depends on how dynamic the, the tests that students are preparing for are. Because I think the, and I, you know, I think we do want to come back and go a little deeper on some of the questions of assessment that I think are really interesting to explore uh, with the same problem of measurement. You know, like, how do you decide what to measure? How do you quantify that? And then how do you know that the outputs of those, those sort of functions and, uh, you know, instruments uh, are actually valid? You know, like, that's what the whole field of psychometrics and item response theory um but um but but to me what's 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 really striking i think is that um there's almost like a quantitative narrative uh of who will be the most effective employee if you sort of extend beyond baseball and the most effective employee is going to be the one who is um really like very focused on their own performance able to kind of hone in on it and um, use all different sorts of uh, feedback to continue to refine how they approach their craft. And um, I just thought that was a really interesting narrative because frequently the narrative of a, uh, a star is like, you're just born that way. Like right. you're like, and I still think there are transcendent talents. Um, you know, I think in some ways, you know, a critique of this could be that, it's like one narrative of success. It's not the only one. Sure. You know, so I think it's important to call attention to it because it's, um, you know, surprising. But um, but I think there are other avenues where, like, there are there are people who just are phenomenal talents who don't necessarily feel like they need to grind, 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 in the way that a Trevor Bauer had to, and like. It's almost like the the function is is multivariate. You know, there's there's multiple variables involved. Like you got totally. talent on the one hand, uh, and then you got that sort of feedback motor and the ability to kind of like grind. Um, ideally, you have all of them, but uh, but I think there are some people, at least in history, who you know, even Babe Ruth was not like notorious for his uh, practice. Right. You know, talk about practice. We gotta. We gotta. But, uh, I had to get that in because uh, also like. You know, in addition to the authors of these articles, if if we could get Alan Iverson on the show, um, I would love to talk talk to Alan Iverson about uh, about anything really about, um, about AI. I, like, I mean, that's I mean, that's what I mean. Like about like it just the, the the material writes itself. Well, here's as we discussed through this, and we we've talked about grit and growth mindset before, and how that works in the classroom or in in the, maybe the. Uh, boardroom it seems this applies very much here as well bauer thinking and knowing he has not reached his potential yet that he can continue to get better and he can continue to work hard to get better we make the point which i think is a, a really important one that this isn't the only way to be good in major league baseball right. this isn't the only way to get there uh, you have the mike trouts of the world who from an early age people were pointing to saying this kid's different this kid's talented right. but right. that doesn't mean he's not working with numbers and trying right. to get better Right. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I also think there's a, there are, there's a pretty likely scenario that at least in some cases, he's not even trying as hard as other kids. Like, you right. know, like, right. there are just transcendent talents who uh, have, a, have a 
a competitive advantage uh, just by virtue of their, their natural athleticism. And then they still need to hone and like, it's still a lot of work just to be good. But, um, but I do think there's a risk, I guess, that you wind up over-indexing on grinding. One of the next things I thought was really interesting in this article was the idea around Brian Bannister, who as a Yankee fan, and I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan. I remember from his time with the Yankees was a, Mediocre pitcher, and, and I think he would even say so. It's said in this uh, article and HBR, but he found his lane, if you will, in becoming a pitcher development coach and, and vice president of pitching development. And yep. he took an approach, which I thought was just so well written here and so well said. He said, I learned from Ansel Adams. Yeah. And he, his zone systems, a technique for ensuring optimal film exposure and development. Ansel Adams, of course, one of the most famous photographers uh, in history. But he talks about that baseball and sports is part creativity and part natural talent, but part understanding the machine and understanding the parts and the science of it all. And I just thought it was an amazing analogy and, and something I hadn't thought of, of comparing photography to you know, baseball or even the process of photography to, to something like this. But it seems as though there are so many pieces here for us to, to unpack and figure out and, and apply to baseball, apply to learning. From Bannister's perspective, though, it's someone who may have not been as great at baseball, but has now found a second career helping others better themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's sort of, uh, it's like performance coaching, like yep. performance psychology, like trying to optimize an individual's performance. And I think, you know, it's almost like a, a meta level of learning, like you're always trying to get, you're trying to perform as well as possible for yourself in all the varied contexts that you have in your life and like how do you have a mindset in which you're always trying to get better yourself on the one hand and then when you see others you're able to sort of apply that same kind of lens to their performance i think it's a it's a really interesting uh idea um i also like i mean i do think the point about um breaking with convention is also interesting um and just to bring it to like a baseball, uh, a 2019 uh, baseball analogy, uh, Jacob deGrom at the Met, for the Mets, uh, doesn't, apparently he doesn't throw uh, a four-seam fastball, yep. uh, which uh, would dip at the end. Uh, because when he tried it out, uh, partly because of the, the new emphasis on swing angle, his assumption is that the swing angle is hitting right into the dip that he would get from his four seam fastball. So instead he throws his change up at roughly the same speed, but it, it breaks later with a slightly different trajectory. And that's where like that level of constant tuning uh, on both sides, you know, especially in terms of the pitcher and the hitter is part of what I think a lot of us really love about baseball. Obviously the bait, you know, the, the statistics would, might indicate that there's something going on with the baseball itself. itself, but it's still like there is a new way in which people are being taught to play baseball to maximize home runs. It's the same thing that's happening with three-point shooting, like yep. what used to be something in the NBA that was preserved to like a specialist guard is now something that if you're, you know, if you're 6'9", six, six, you can't hit a three-pointer you know, like you, you maybe aren't really ready to play in, in, in the modern NBA anymore. Um, all that is based on data, you know, all that is based on like the, the saber, saber movement. Um, but I really liked the connecting of it to performance improvement. Um, and then I think that's where the growth mindset part kicks in for me, where like, 
you know, the idea that you're never peaking performance wise, yep. like you're always, like you always have, particularly in the lifelong learning context, like you're always going to be acquiring more knowledge. Um, and in some ways there's resistance training as you get older, because you're not going to perform as well. You have other competing demands on your attention. There's, there's just more in there to filter, but like, to me, it's very motivating to think, you know, regardless of your age, you can continue to get better. And sometimes you have to work really hard to maintain, but that's still sort of a noble uh, pursuit. So the idea of like trying to maximize your performance and being very reflective of how you perform and also experimental so that you can sort of try things that are very different. You know, I always think to the, you know, the Fosbury flop in, uh, in the high jump, like one, you know, uh, I think it was Dan Fosbury. Is I that think right? so. I Dan? think that's right. Yep. Hopefully I got that right, uh, Dan, but, uh, but he decided to really um, think in a fundamentally different framework, a different paradigm, which just it opened was up. Dick Fosbury. Dick Fosbury. Dick Fosbury. There you go. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, and, you know, we wanted to get an extra out because we, we hear from, uh, from our listeners, people are enjoying the increased uh, content output. Uh, we enjoy providing uh, increased content output, Dan. Is that correct? That is correct. And, and obviously a topic near and dear to our hearts. Uh, you mentioned fantasy sports at the top. Uh, the, that's where I've learned so much of my numbers and enjoying uh, the parsing of baseball data. I remember in college taking stats too and, and yeah. being able to, to get also, into it. And not to mention uh, baseball cards, right? Like oh, I mean, totally. for me, a lot of my sort of formative understanding of math Yep. as someone who just enjoyed, because then I, I mean, I, uh, you know, I was still, I was playing a lot of baseball simulations, like right through college. And like, that was fascinating to me because like, you basically could create a model in the early days of sort of design, game design. Stratomatic, yeah. Yeah, it's, but, but, but then build more of that into like the, the uh, get a little more algorithmic control of the Stratomatic yep. and then design that. Uh, Pursue the Pennant, I think, was what uh, the one that I remember playing uh, right when I started college. But um, yeah, it's fun. I mean, like the whole sports nerd thing kind of started with baseball and the idea that, you know, sports nerds who play baseball have an advantage over people who don't play baseball like a sports nerd. As a sports nerd, I'm kind of in favor of that, uh, that outcome. So, uh, so I just want I thought it'd be a good topic. And we, we have seen uh, technology increasing in baseball across all sports. And we've seen it obviously with money ball. You've seen it now permeate to basketball. Mike talking about three pointers. You've seen uh, a move with the Cleveland Browns, but the tanking is also mathematical. You know, it's not necessarily what people love, but the idea of, of losing to get number one picks to increase the probability that you hit on one uh, is really becoming more and more a part of the game. A great topic. One that I'm sure we'll come back to again in the future, technology wise, data wise, I will track Trevor Bauer's career uh, as he has uh, gotten that big contract, but has struggled this season a bit. His walks are up. And so does he reinvent himself again? Does he find a new way to get better and to change what he is doing at the major league level? We'll have to track that with the Cincinnati Reds as he moves forward. Any final thoughts on this topic, Mike, before uh, we say so long to this uh, late week extra on major league baseball and data? Uh, no, let's go Mets. You know, uh, that's, that's, that's about all I got. That's all I got left. Yeah. There it is. Uh, find us as always on Twitter at Trending and Ed. Same on Facebook. It's uh, LinkedIn.com slash Trending and Education as well. If you want to follow us over there, we'd love to have you in that community as well. We'll be sharing more over there as well and hopefully live streaming there uh, in the not too distant 
uh, future as well. And don't forget, if you're in the Massachusetts area in October, Sound Education. Mike will be presenting up there on a panel. You want to check that out. We'll also have uh, some other recordings there as well. It's uh, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, so you can check that out and check out their offerings as well. With that said, thanks so much for uh, listening, as always, to Trending in Education. Thank you.